Well, welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who want to take this weekend's weather in a syringe and mainline that bad boy. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> Did you enjoy the weather uh, this weekend? I, I did enjoy the weather this weekend. Um, not in a junky kind of way, <laughs> but um, but I, I would certainly take this week's weather and mainline it, I guess. Uh, this is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And this is Gene Zilak. You can find me at Producer Gene on Twitter. And uh, one of my father's favorite phrases is weather porn, if he watches way too much Weather Channel. But usually it (laughs) refers to snowstorms. I feel like this is the real weather porn. Yeah, did you get out there and, like, throw the Frisbee around with some bros? I went and watched my nephew play uh, rookie ball, which is a weird hybrid between t-ball and, like, coaches throwing at them. Um which I thought was interesting. Although I, I got a little frustrated because, like, at, at at that age group level, like, they don't record outs. They just let every kid hit a single and then run around the bases. I, I really didn't follow, like, what I was supposed to be rooting for or against. Um, so it w- ended up in, like, a 27 to 27 tie. I don't, I don't know. It's a weird sport. Yeah, the, the the little league stuff at that age is is kind of brutal to watch. Like, you got to get them to... Like seven or eight before it starts really functioning, baseball. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, but it was cool. You know, he got he was three for three because you know you have to get yeah, a hit. You, so. you always you're you're whatever for whatever. <laughs> every right? kid, every kid batted a thousand, so it's awesome. Chuck, you kick, kick the hacky sack around a little bit. Uh, I did not the kick quad. the hacky sack. I I think it was a big little league weekend. Uh, my yeah. son had. Uh, t-ball practice on saturday got out there with him uh then it was my wife and i it was our anniversary on saturday so we shipped the kids off to babysitters and sat outside and drank by ourselves congratulations thank you that's time well spent right there it really was it really was uh but it was a gorgeous weekend and dave you were all over little league as well dear lord dear lord It, it was like whenever a phillies game was being played i had multiple little league games to to attend to and i also got a sunburn this weekend so that's nice you should always wear a hat and some sun protection Dave. i do wear a hat anyway i need to wear sun protection that's correct that's a public service announcement from your friends at potadelphia take care of your skin melanoma is no joke are, are we going to make a, a rap song about this? Of always wear sunscreen for a nice uh, callback to two thousand. Why don't we have any? That a hit song. We have no other good advice, though. That's the problem. All right, I know who always wear. You know who else always wears sunscreen? Adubal Herrera. And let's talk about the Phillies. What? All right, let me let me ask you guys this about the Phillies. Are you more? enthralled with their magical offense or are you concerned by their like i don't know middling bullpen oh that's a tough question because it's probably about equal levels for me um i i think i'm more enthralled by the magical offense and that is a great terminology when i saw it in the outline that is so true (laughs) <laughs> when it's, you know, not only can this lineup produce runs, but they're going to wait until the the moment they're needed. 
It's like, oh, fell down by two. And we're up three to two. Oh, now we're down four to three. And we're up five to four. Like it's it's real clutch hitting. It's just things coming together. So I I love that. I am in love with this team. And the bullpen scares the hell out of me. But right now I feel like, well, you know, however many runs we need that night we'll get. I was thinking about this before we uh, we logged in, and uh, the thing that's interesting to me about this season so far is, really, very seriously, all Gabe Kapler has to do is worry about fixing the bullpen right now. All of the other things that used to we used to either pin on Gabe or uh, uh, were were certainly non functioning because there was such a lack of direction in the in, in the management department. When you hire. And I, I or, or when you sign veteran players who understand how to play the game of baseball, a lot of that stuff kind of fixes itself. The Phillies, just by the nature of the fact that they have competent people playing in all of their positions, uh, their be- defense is much better. It's and I've said this before. It's now major league defense, like major league average defense. But because of what we saw last year was so bad, uh, it looks like it's light years better. The other thing is we have much better base running. We had terrible base running last year. And now we see people take the extra base when it's appropriate and and run the base (laughs) as well and not give away outs. Um, And that used to just drive me bonkers watching a game. And and the fact that I don't have those things happening to make me frustrated makes it a lot easier to just sit back and enjoy the game and not be full of anxiety. So if Gabe can just focus on figuring out how to use the particular pitchers that he has in the bullpen in the right places, and it's hard to to, to blame him right now because Sir Anthony has no idea how to throw strikes right now, or or when he does throw a strike, it gets hit out of the ballpark. I, I mean, is that the manager's fault? I don't know. I mean, I guess the other thing would be to not pitch him uh and and pat neshack when is he allowed to pitch can can they put that on the screen between innings <laughs> six and seven as to whether or not pat neshack is allowed to pitch on a given day um because i don't know what his rules are in terms of when he's allowed to pitch well chuck your boyfriend hector naris got a save today <laughs> i went well, going in two one and i saw hector naris was coming in i said chuck's chuck's sweating this one out i was and He's he's done pretty well so far this season. Though the only thing jumping out to me was maybe one bad performance. I mean, he uh, goes through spurts where he's our best reliever. Yeah, and this could and, be one of those spurts. And also, the the big spurt last year was after he came back um, from the Iron Pigs. Right. So maybe he did go down there, fix his game, and now he can be a reliable reliever. Um, so I am giving him the benefit of the doubt, uh, just like Gene, Ooh, Sir Anthony just scares the hell out of me. Like, I think maybe a trip to the Lehigh Valley might be good for him in the future, just to, to work out whatever the hell's going on with him. Well, he came like right from single a, he like, did he ever spend really any time in the, in the higher minor leagues? I, I feel like he just was like fired into the major leagues, came in, performed really well. And then never had time to really learn how to pitch. He was doing it like on sheer force of his fastball. Right, which everyone's going to catch up to. Right? 
Yeah. Is that what's uh, well, I mean, he can't locate right now, but well, that's the thing is right now it seems like, you know, if you throw the ball hard and fast straight up the middle, major league hitters are going to connect on it. So are you clamoring for Kimbrel? I do enjoy the uh, the alliteration there. So yes, I am clamoring for Kimball. I was trying Kimbrel. I was trying to roll. I was trying to move the L to the after the old kid. old chicken wing, as I call him. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> thing I like about him. Is, is is oh you the, like the chicken wing? No, I don't. I, I the dangling oh. arm is something that I find really irritating. I watched him pitch a lot at the end of last year. He was not like locked down. There was a lot of games in the playoffs and stuff that he sweated out. Like he was not some lights out, you know, guy. I, I don't know. He's just. It just doesn't feel like there's like a lot of those guys around anymore. I felt. I felt like ten years ago, almost everybody had a competent closer. And now that's like just really not something that that many teams can claim they have. I don't know that there's a lot of teams that are developing that at the moment. You know, it it seems like they're trying to get these guys with these particular sets of skills into different leverages, different leveraging positions. Um, you know, is the closer something that's going to go the way of the dinosaur? Are 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 we not going to need a closer any longer? You know, I don't I don't know that that's going to happen, but. I, I just think everyone's playing the hand that they're dealt, and uh, there's not enough competent relievers in, you know, Major League Baseball to go around for all what thirty, thirty-two teams. Um, but you're right; it did seem at one point, like between like 2000 and 2012, every team had one guy in the bullpen that came out to a heavy metal song and threw 104. Like it just seemed <laughs> like everybody had that guy. Um, yeah, but I, now I it seems know... like it seems like really rare to see. There, there's only a couple guys that I can think of that can hit that in a consistent, you know, hit that number on the dial, you know, a consistent basis right now in the league. There's not a lot of those real fastball throwers anymore. Or maybe they're just not making it because you know to have that skill, you 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 sacrifice control, and you know, good hitters are just crushing these guys in the minors. Or better PED testing. Yeah, well, that's true too. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's a bit of the elephant in the room there. But I was wondering if if they're choosing to not to develop a closer per se. Uh, any any real talent is being shipped off to starting pitchers, and the the bullpen is the hodgepodge of everybody else. Like, I don't know if that's the case, but maybe that's the, the reason behind this real lack of high-end closer. Is it possible that the best bullpen pitcher on the Phillies right now is starting on Monday? Um, who Who's, who's starting on Monday? I think Vince Velasquez is starting on Monday, isn't he? Uh, you, what did you call him? The best bullpen pitcher in the on the Phillies. Um, I don't know if Best and Vince Velasquez <laughs> truly belong in this. I mean, I don't know. He could turn into something. He seems like he's, I mean, like his stuff is built for, you know, a setup man or a closer. It seems like he can come out and throw really hard for like 25 pitches and, and get a couple of outs. And he's great the first time through the lineup. It's, it's that second and third time that he gets swatted. And how many times has he like thrown sixty pitches in three innings? Like that's just well, who's your who's going to be your fifth starter then? 
they're they're Dallas Keuchel. Let's call him growing <laughs> on trees. <laughs> yeah, who also you know no one apparently wants to give him what he wants. So I mean, there's a reason for that too. It's that particular the Kimbrel thing. I almost understand to a certain degree because I feel like people aren't necessarily in the market to pay that sort of price for a guy who is so specialized anymore. But Dallas Keuchel is a what two years off of like a near 20 win season like you know why and was on a, a staff of a world series winning team why can't he get a job I, that's the million dollar question I, he probably wants too many years than that anybody's willing to go for an aging contact ground ball pitcher he does pitch don't to contact. say jamie moore please don't yeah. say jamie moore. well I, <laughs> keichel isn't a lefty is he um well that's that's a, that's, a, that's a, i don't know I think he's a right-handed pitcher, which you know nobody spends money on right-handed pitchers. Hey, all right, let's let's talk about the offense for a second. Anybody know what the deal is with the wave celebration? It's Fortnite again. I, is God. wait, is that for real? No, it really is. It's a Fortnite thing. The like get a hit and then like wave back yeah, to the dugout. Of the, it's one of the Fortnite celebrations. I mean, the Fortnite. I mean, if it depends on how deep you want to go into it. Fortnite is obviously it's, it's spoofing other bits of pop culture, so that is spoofing Forrest Gump. So, oh, indirectly, it is. Uh, they're doing a, a Forrest Gump kind of homage, you know, like waving it, Lieutenant yeah, Dan yeah, from like the dock or whatever. Yeah, that's that's where Fortnite got it. But I think that from what I understand, I mean, and they somebody asked Bryce Harper about it in a press conference, and Bryce Harper's like, "Oh yeah, no, it's from Fortnite." So I mean we're, that's that's a pretty good about, We're gonna talk a little bit about Fortnite in my penalty box too. So that's a little <laughs> foreshadow. It's hilarious that I did not know that. Oh, I, why? I literally just uh, earlier today, I think when I saw Mikel Franco do it when he hit a double, he had that double off the wall today, and I saw him do it again. I was like, I gotta know what this is. So I looked it up, and and that's how I found it out. Well, I was at the game on Friday night, um, and everyone and, in the stands. And God does it bless back. you, and God bless you for even sitting there for as long as you did on Friday night. Ugh. Well, uh, you know, I'm driving down. I'm like, please cancel this game because <laughs> I wanted a double header on Saturday. Like, because Saturday was beautiful. It would have been nice to go to that because there was a day game scheduled for Saturday. Right. It would have been nice to go to the night game. Right. But no, they jammed this game in in like ungodly conditions. It looked it looked hellish. It really like, yeah. I I I. I I don't know what you would have had to do do to get that game at least delayed. Like I have no idea why they tried to play through that. It was one of the most miserable baseball experiences of my life sitting through that. I mean, I had never been colder or wetter at a baseball game. And you and said, I don't know if you saw I put on I put on the Potadelphia Instagram account the side by side picture like selfie of myself at that game. And from the stadium series game, I did it was the that. exact same picture, except the brim of the hat changed from orange to red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I, I missed the start of that game. Cause I was just assuming like I'm looking outside, like I know what the weather's like. I'm like, Oh, there's no way this game starts on time. And you didn't want to watch the story of how we signed Bryce Harper yet again already this week. <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> that is going to be the the rain delay special. Is that, think, has uh, that replaced whatever it takes, dude? <laughs> whatever it takes, dude. <laughs> whatever depends. it takes, dude, was my favorite. It's, I think it depends I had on that the... on a uh, I had that on a VHS 
uh, tape that I actually bought like legit, not just like recorded it off something. And I used to watch that before the opening day game every season until I don't know. I stopped having a thing that could play a VHS oh, cassette wow. tape. And I don't know, whatever it takes, dude, was the, the rainout special until God, at least 2010 right yeah it was after like, the, i mean that was definitely like still a thing during like the world series runs in 08 and 09 oh yeah and i think it also depended on how long the uh the rain delays were because you would always also have like the previous year's video yearbook oh um, yeah you know because there's always the, i remember being very familiar with the 07 video yearbook um they would always talk about you know team to beat kind of kind of stuff which was basically if that was a half hour long special i think 25 minutes was about Jimmy Rollins in spring training and then the Rockies beating us. I think that was that video yearbook. I always thought, you know how there's um, like there was Comcast Sportsnet and then there was CN8 or oh, like yeah. whatever the other channel is they're calling it. These I think they days, call it the like... Comcast Network or, or now I think it's called NBCSN Plus. Yeah, 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 NBCSN yeah. Philly Plus. Yeah. That just rolls off the tongue. Oh, yeah. And this doesn't really apply now, but I always thought it was a great idea when the Phillies were terrible. Um, you know, during these, you know, like three years ago or whatever. So the Phillies game would be on Comcast Sportsnet, but the corresponding game from the 2008 season. <laughs> would be playing on the the other channel. So if you wanted, you could just relive the entire 2008 season. You could watch uh, good instead baseball. of watching the actual Phillies. Yeah, you could watch that better is, baseball. That is a brilliant idea. Like not just all the games that you remember, not the highlight games, not the no, playoffs. Every fucking game. Yeah, every <laughs> game. So and like don't oh, this would drive me nuts when they show a classic game. And usually, you know, the Philly team is going to win when they do the like Philly sports classics. That's sure. fine. But don't show me the damn score. Oh, I know. I hate that, too. Yeah. It's like, oh, the Flyers beat uh, <laughs> Quebec five to four in the first game that Lindros returns. And I'm like, well, we scored four already. Like, <laughs> I can yeah. turn the game off now. But I would sign up for that. Give me every game of the 2008 series uh, season. Like, don't give me a score. Just let me sit down and watch and see what happens. I mean, not this year because, you know, we have a good team oh, yeah, to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, but... you're paying attention to this year's season now. Well, it, I think in reverse, what you could do is you could pick a really horrible year on years we're good. And then you can, <laughs> if, you, if you're longing for shitty baseball, you could also <laughs> flip over to that. But what they also should do is then, since most people probably watch it on TV the first time, they should reverse it and you should have the radio calls on the on the replays i mean if we're gonna you know have this oh, fantasy well, channel you well, might know what you would perfect is you would take you would do tv for the first three innings then radio for the middle three innings and then tv the last three innings so you have harry callis all the, the whole way game, yeah well i mean and then in the post callis year so like if you were doing a, a year that was like a shitty baseball year so like if you're doing the 2016 version of the phillies um you you could have it be all Scott and 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 Larry. You would just have them the whole game. I really do prefer Scott and Larry, like way more than the TV crew. And I've actually kind of had the TV crew grow on me. Having uh, you know, it's, especially this season, 
Um, but Scott and Larry are, are I, I gotta the imagine, su- the, are the best. The, the you like the uh, the Sundays are shit uh, <laughs> segments? I don't. Uh, I hate to speak ill of Mike Schmidt, but sometimes, like, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, oh, God, I do I really would I really prefer John Cruck to the greatest third baseman of all time? Like, is that yes. really a thing? Oh, that's that easy. Yeah, Th- not to play third base. <laughs> <laughs> to call the game. What John I really, Crush what I really, be I think what I really want is I want like one of the OA guys in that booth now. Like, where is, why isn't Ryan Howard in the booth or why isn't Jimmy Rollins in the booth? Well, like, Ryan Howard's with the SPN. Okay. So obviously he's got talent. So, I mean, eventually he'll come back. And, and Chase Utley's in LA. I don't think I want Chase Utley in the booth. I really don't. Like, I, unless, I feel like Chase Utley in terms of like his speaking is much better in like short doses. I don't, I don't want to be a good booth guy, Victorino. I feel like he'd be way too positive. <laughs> okay. Pat Burl. It would be Pat Burl because he could like look through the crowd and be like, I totally banged her. I totally banged her. <laughs> uh, like, um, did we have, what, what would be like an interesting reliever? A la Larry Anderson. Chad Durbin. <laughs> Scott Ayer. Uh Brad Lidge actually probably wouldn't be bad. Probably not. Probably. Carlos Ruiz, Chooch. No. His English has gotten Love better. Love Chooch. Love Chooch. Um, well, we tried stairs. Eric Bruntlett. <laughs> sure. Why the hell not at this point? Right. Well, what's I'm his down. name? The uh, the shortstop. Brett for Myers. The... Brett not. Well, Brett Myers would be any good. Brett Myers would be up for it if, like, between innings, you're allowed to. He's allowed to do one of his country songs. Well, between prison sentences. <laughs> well. <laughs> she didn't press charges. Okay. Um, well, speaking of Ryan Howard, what did you think of the Ryan Howard gender reveal? I think he still got his swing is the thing I took the most away from that. It's like, damn, it looks like you still got your form. I want to see him against minor league pitching. Well, I mean, it the the video cut out the first two where he swung and missed. <laughs> oh! <laughs> when she threw that one, a uh, breaking ball away, he just this went over Howard's the top. Howard's going to mean slider, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love Ryan Howard. I don't even know why, but that joke had to be made. Um, <laughs> I thought it was cute. I mean, if you're going to do a gender reveal, that that's fine for a baseball player. I thought have it was. You, have you done a gender reveal, Chuck? I have not for yourself. I was for myself, say, you, no. You guys have kids. <laughs> was there ever a, yeah. a negotiation with your with your significant others about how you would do a gender reveal? Did did you want to to try to enlist the a uh, a Philadelphia athlete? And, and 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 maybe this is a question I could ask you now. If you were going to recruit a Philadelphia athlete, which one would you want to recruit to do your gender reveal with you? Uh, if you were going to have another kid, oh, Joel Embiid, <laughs> just no <laughs> doubt. I don't know. I don't know how I would use him. Uh, to do that, but uh, it would, I would love to involve Joel Embiid. He's definitely by far the most uh, charismatic. I, got, I have to go with Embiid as well. Um, I, from the Flyers, let's say. Or what if uh, uh, what if it was like check. Bryce Harper? What if it was Bryce Harper and uh, he shaves his beard and underneath it's like blue or pink? Oh, I like that <laughs> reveal. <laughs> Although, isn't he like Samson? If you take his beard, we lose his powers. Not sure. Not sure. <laughs> Who from the Flyers, Chuck? I'm sorry. Uh, Voracek. Also a great beard. Yeah, so, true. Um, no, but uh, it was never 
we never discuss doing a, a gender reveal. Um, for the first kid, we didn't find out until he was born. The second one we found out just so we knew if we had to buy different stuff. Um, you didn't but, put like uh, colored things in balloons or, uh, I don't know, inside a cake frosting or I don't know. No, none of that. No, I mean, you didn't either, Dave, right? No, we did something for uh, for Patrick, but it was it, it had something to do with like individually wrapped. Th- I I wasn't too like passionate about how I wanted this done. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's but everyone got one, and they all opened up, and only one of them had a pink or a blue thing, and you know we rigged it so my mother in law got it, and it was like a big deal. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> give away family secrets now. <laughs> like, like why would mother in law's gonna be listening to this show going like, you know, I really felt <laughs> oh, the presence of God rigged. that day oh, that oh, it this oh, yeah. happened to be me. And it's like, yeah, we rigged it. Yeah, it was totally rigged. Um <laughs> So it's not something I can gamble on. Gotcha. No, 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 don't do that. Um so all right, which which did you enjoy more this weekend? Bryce Harper ringing the bell. Uh, before the Sixers Bucks or Allen Iverson throwing out the first pitch of Philly's Twins? Uh, I would go Harper ringing the bell because I've actually been like kind of looking forward to that for a couple weeks. So I was finally getting to see it. So I wish that they had like the day they had signed him had somehow because I mean, these are millionaires. They have plenty of money. They they could have flown him in to ring the bell that because didn't they the Sixers had a game, I think, that day or the next day. Uh, after they signed him, that would have been like an epic moment. But uh, so I've been kind of waiting for for them to get him into the stadium. I thought it was odd that that Sixers game. You know, we we haven't talked necessarily about there were a lot of a lot of big celebrities uh, in the in the sports world that were at that game because uh, Bryce wasn't there alone from the Phillies. He had a he had he had some friends that he ended up uh, hanging out with. Um, yeah, he was there with Reese and uh, and Carson. Yeah, and Alshon Jeffrey was also at the game, but he didn't hang out with those guys. And their uh, and their significant others, the lady friends and wives, <laughs> the wags, right? Yep, the, the wives and girlfriends. Because I don't yeah. think are we, are I don't... we just stealing everything from soccer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next, we'll uh, be talking about the Phillies kit. I would just, <laughs> and that means their uniform. <laughs> um, first off, it was an epic bell ringing. I thought Bryce was going to just destroy the bell. Yeah. Just crumble. Or at least give it a, give it a crack, you know, appropriately. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I like, I really love this synergy. You know, like growing up, the athletes never intermingled the way they do now. You don't remember Reggie White hanging out with Charles Barkley? No. Not once. Well, well I would say, though, Barkley was – the the one person that jumped in my mind because he would be at Flyers games. That's just because he had money on the game. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that, no that that synergy of the you know the whole town is you know all for each other. Everyone's rooting for the hometown teams. Um, that I don't remember at all. I don't I don't remember being nearly as big a thing as it is now. And where these guys seem to be wanting to be there, you know, uh, the Flyers are the team I know best, and you know, frequent uh, uh, frequently show up at Sixers games. 
uh, for the Eagles playoff run, I want to say last year's run, uh, they were all at uh, the link. I was definitely last year's run and, you know, bundled up in their Eagles gear and, you know, partying with everybody else. So it's really, I really enjoy, you know, seeing the, the uh, players root for one another, you know, that crossover that, you know, your, your Phillies players want to be recognized at Sixers games, Flyers games, Eagles games, that sort of thing. So do we, do you think next year when Dallas comes to Philly, to play at the link, will we see Mike Trout sitting next to Mike Trout all in his Eagles gear, sitting next to Bryce Harper all in his Dallas gear? Is that going to be a thing that's going to happen? And what do we do if that happens? Okay, this is something interesting to talk about here because this is going to lead to another conversation. So, uh, no, I do not believe you would see that. The question is, will you see Bryce Harper at any Eagles games whatsoever? And will he shed his Dallas Cowboys fandom to further ingratiate himself to Philadelphia fans? That's a that's a good question, Dave. Um for will we see him at any Eagles games? I kind of think we will. Um, I think, you know, maybe they'll go off to Vegas, you know, for the harshest winter months. But for, you know, late summer through well, early and late fall, aren't they building a house or buying a house? Yeah, I don't yeah. think they're. I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't Kids know. are in they, school. Yeah. You know that you know they're starting a family as well. I don't know if we talked about it on this show. I don't know if we had reason to talk about it either. <laughs> you know, this isn't a, this isn't a baby centric show, uh, but, except for today's episode. Yes, it really is. <laughs> um, but I think we will see him at Eagles games. And the question as to whether he sheds his Dallas rooting interest is how big of a Cowboys fan is he? You know, he is doing everything right here in Philadelphia he is you know going all in on his Philly you know sport fandom and you know saying all the right things wearing his fanatic cleats you know going to the Sixers game he is doing everything right so far and you know being a Dallas fan would be a huge misstep so I think it comes down to how big of a fan he actually is Here's- I would suspect that he's going to ditch his Dallas fandom here's the thing I'm less upset about him being a Dallas fan because this makes me once again and you know I'm known on this show as being fervently anti-Dallas I find but by thinking about this whole idea of him being a Dallas fan I'm much less upset about it because he's not from here what I really realized is I don't necessarily hate Dallas fans as much as I hate Dallas fans who were born in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, or Delaware. No, the thing that people in the Delaware Valley need to understand is that the Dallas Cowboys are a national like football league team, and every team has a fan base of people that root for them legitimately. Right. And and Bryce didn't grow up in a metropolitan area that had its own – and this is something that's very foreign to, to me. Uh, 
I genetically was predisposed into my fandom. There, there were no, there was no point in my life where I looked at the rosters or you know looked at the charts of the leagues and was like, which team am I attracted to? Which team do I want to? I mean, it could have been an Arizona Cardinal. That was probably like the closest. Yeah, but I mean, like if you were, if you, if we lived in a place where there wasn't like a natural. Uh, you know, we, we, we were, we were blessed that we were born here so that it was something that was passed to us genetically, you know, our, our, in our DNA is literally the, 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 the coding for, uh, Jim Johnson's defense. Um, (laughs) so, uh, you know, that's just something real talk, real talk for a second. Eagles don't exist. What team do you believe you grow up rooting for? If the Eagles don't exist, but I'm still geographically born here. Yeah. Here's your options. You got Redskins. I feel like my father would have been a New York fan. You got Giants and you got Jets. I feel like my father would have been a Jets fan. Very seriously. Hmm. Oh, that's right. We wouldn't have grown up at the Ravens. They didn't come around till. Well, we later could have because didn't they leave for Indianapolis in 83? We could have been Colts fans. We could all be rooting for Indy. Uh, yeah, but I don't, re- I don't ever remember the Colts being a, a um, here, I think had, had the, there's no Philadelphia sports teams. This is would have been my fandom. I would have been a, a Rangers, Knicks, Mets, and, uh, Jets. Yeah, that's about right. Ooh. It's a pretty big hypothetical where there are no Philly sports teams. I, I can't. Because... I mean, and the, the thing that w- I would have had is some option with hockey because my father doesn't follow hockey. So I don't see myself being drawn to the Devils. I've never liked their style of play. Um, I, I feel like I, I, I could see myself liking the idea of Madison Square Garden, which would be Knicks and Rangers. But I feel like I would, like, have zagged. So that's why I would I would have gone Mets over Yankees. Uh uh, Jets over Giants, and I, I actually I don't know I've kind of always had this like affinity for the Islanders. Yeah, when I was a kid, I had and they were good too. When we yeah, were we were we were good in the eighties. Yeah, it. But I feel like we would have drifted more towards New York. I feel like there's no way that any of us would have drifted to that. You know, to, there was to no baseball DC. team in DC. Yeah. You know, maybe we would have been Orioles fans. Ah. There's a lot of my friends that I grew up with are Orioles fans. There's a lot of Orioles fans that are in that border because I'm 20 minutes to, as, as you know to the Maryland line. Um, so I've got a lot of friends that grew up uh, Orioles fans too. So such like a weird conversation. It's like, what kind of bastard would you be? Right. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of asshole would you have decided to be? Yeah. If there were no Philadelphia sports teams. Yeah. yeah if there were no Philadelphia sports teams, I guess I would have, you know, tied my fortunes to New York. But it's such a foreign concept. You know, it's such a foreign concept. I hate New York teams, and. Like Baltimore is not terribly offensive, so that's where my mind is going. Or would you but... just like sank all the way into college? You're like, I'm all in the Big Five <laughs> for all of my sports. I mean, that's a, a possibility for me because my father, I think it's the NFL and then college basketball are kind of like his two like actual passions. Um, although the team he roots for in college basketball is in Washington state. So I don't really understand how I could have ended up where I am. But uh, I guess the other thing to bring it back to, to Bryce Harper, he grew up in a place where he probably at some point was able to kind of, you know, 
align himself the way he aligned himself. So I'm a lot less likely to to fault a guy who probably, from what I can tell, you know, from his childhood, uh, which was after the Dallas Cowboys run. We forget he's much younger than us. Um, you know, he was not like he was growing up in like 12 when they were winning Super Bowls. Uh, so he's had to kind of align himself with kind of shitty Dallas teams. So, you know, that's fine. Um and, and he likes the Vegas Knights. He likes uh, the Dodgers. Obviously, he's not rooting for the Dodgers. Um, I don't know. The thing, the dirty secret we one we, we rarely talk about around here is Allen Iverson is a Dallas Cowboys fan. You ever listen to him talk about the Cowboys? He he refers to the Cowboys as we. Like he thinks he played for them. You know, we, you know he will he he talks about the Cowboys as if he you know he's an alumni. Which is a violation. He should be a Redskins fan. AI, yeah, he should be a Redskins fan. Or Falcons fan, Atlanta. Maybe I don't know. Don't like um, some of those like Southern Virginia. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, just... right. They kind of you know that was like a Michael Vick kind of. But he's always been a, a Dallas fan. He's 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 always loved loved Dallas. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Speaking of Allen Iverson, there's like a lot of there's like a huge resurgence of Allen Iverson in Philadelphia over the last. I don't know, year. Yeah. Has like, I feel like our relationship with Allen Iverson, like how Philadelphia feels about Allen Iverson has always stayed the same. Like we always love AI, like no matter right. what. Yeah. But I feel lately, I don't know, something, something must have happened with AI where he's recognized the importance of that. And there's just this total, embracing of philadelphia like he's at almost every sixers game he shows up all the time do you think he's just been laying dormant until the sixers started to really get good again i don't know but i really like it (laughs) i want ai around more often i feel like the more he's around the less trouble he gets into it's almost like we're gonna keep an eye on you alan like keep him him close so that he doesn't give himself a bad rap so that we don't have to like disown him at some point um I re- yeah, because there was, or, there was the- or we're like, you know, who we are. We're um, we had to disown, you know, a lot of uh, Philadelphia celebrities lately. So I really would like to hold on to AI. Yeah, but we're like that. Uh, we're like your grandpa or whatever. Who you know, every time we see you, you know, we're gonna give you a twenty. Yeah, just to kind of keep you keep you flush with like big league chew and uh, you know, you know, candy cigarettes or whatever right. to give to your friends so you stay popular. Right. That's our that's our relationship to AI. <laughs> yes. Okay. My favorite AI piece of trivia, and I may have shared this on the show before, but my favorite AI yeah. piece of trivia is AI hated on the road to have to pack a bag. Okay. So every time he would go on a road trip, they would he would buy a whole new wardrobe. That's why he went through his money as fast, like some of his money as fast as he did, because he literally packing. he didn't have a suitcase. He would never take any other clothes. So literally he would show up and whatever, you know, he would have his uniform or I guess his uniform would go with the team. But every other article of clothing that on a, he would have for a road trip, he would buy on the road like or one of his, I'm sure one of his guys would go and buy him all new clothes on the road. See, that's crazy to me. I mean, you would th- and he's probably spending a lot on the clothes, too. Uh well, he's got to maintain his image as AI. You can't look schlubby. Right. right. But, I mean, you'd think that the team would gladly assist you in transporting a bag. Yeah, but, I mean, but you doesn't know. that seem like the most AI thing is like, I, I, like, I'm rich. I don't need 
to back. I'll just buy new clothes. But Alan, you know what? Sometimes, the, but Alan, these t-shirts are expensive. I'll take two. <laughs> sometimes I'll pack a lunch for work, right? Yeah. Which I hate doing that too. But sometimes I'll pack my lunch to go to work, um, and then I'll get to work and I'll put it in the fridge there or whatever. And then either I'll get too busy and not eat lunch, or someone will say, "Hey, let's go out to lunch," and I'll wind up going out to lunch, and then. I'll just forget that I have that bag in the fridge for whatever period of time. And then I get, I remember and I go, go and get it. And I go, you know what? I don't even, I can't even bring myself to clean out this Tupperware container. Oh, Cause it's probably a science experiment at this point. Yeah. So then I, like, I just throw away the Tupperware container. The whole I'm thing. I'm like, well, I'll just buy a new one. Right. But I do feel guilty about that. Yeah. I, I guarantee you, Alan Iverson has never felt bad about throwing out a Tupperware <laughs> container. <laughs> Now here's the question. So does he leave the clothes in the like just throw <laughs> throw them away because I'm not he's not gonna pack a bag to go back. He mu- maybe he had one of the guys in his entourage was his exact same size and maybe this guy's just inherited all of. Or what if he just <laughs> goes gets on the plane in his underwear? <laughs> well, I'm sure he just wears whatever the last thing he has on <laughs> is, and then when he gets home, like maybe he has some stuff. Oh boy, that he wears more no. than once. Knowing AI, I bet he sends it out for like hotel dry cleaning and then just never picks <laughs> never it up. Never picks it up. So if you're staying in the same hotel as AI, like and are the same build, there's just like suits and outfits waiting for you. Here's here's a a, a thought that since we're on the topic of AI and, and Bryce and and the thing they share in common. Although my last bit on Fashion Adelphi before I ask this question. Why haven't they given Bryce Harper new sleeves that don't have marker that mark out the four on his arm? We live in an HD television world. We can see what you did. You just used Sharpie to knock out that four. Like, come on, Phillies. You've paid this guy how many millions of dollars you can't afford to get him new sleeves? Is that on the Phillies equipment guys or is Bryce just those are his sleeves and those are the ones he wants to wear? Am I the only one that's noticed this, that he's got those sleeves on and the, the four on them is all Sharpied out? Yeah, no, I've seen that. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, the other thing I wanted to ask was, um, so we have a couple of famous numbers in Philadelphia sports, right? 20 uh, is a pretty famous number in Philadelphia sports. Mike Schmidt, Brian Dawkins. Uh, one, right? Mark Bernie... Fultz. <laughs> Mark... The, last, the last famous 20. Sorry. Uh, one, Bernie Perrant, Richie Ashburn. Uh, yep. So obviously I feel like now three – AI and Bryce Harper. Three. It's up there. Does it, you know, so is, you know, if that, if those three are, hmm. are the, 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 the Rushmore of, of numbers now, uh, A of all, is there any other number that I'm leaving out that would be in that pantheon? Um, one, three, and 20 were what came to me. Uh, is there anybody else have any other? And of those three numbers, is there one that jumps out as like that is the number? Um, I don't know. What do you I guys love think? I love when you say A of all. Uh, yeah, and that, uh, there's no B of all. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That That is – I mean, those would be the ones that would come to mind. I couldn't think of another 12. I couldn't think of another nine other than Nick. Uh, I, I guess Andre Iguodala, so no. No, <laughs> definitely not. There's not well, another wasn't, 88. Wasn't Dr. J six? Dr. J was six. Who so you got him and Howard. Him and Howard. That's not bad. Yeah. Jimmy was 11. Is there another 11? Uh, quarterback, Carson Wentz. Quarter, well, okay, so that's possible that it could, could develop into a, a, a big number. 
Um, yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, twelve Simone Gagne and Randall Cunningham. Yeah. But I, yeah, they're yeah they're they're not the the greatest of their generation. I would but... put I would put those four one one three twenty and six. Okay, that would be my Rushmore of. Uh... And I'm I'm thinking multi-sport numbers. All, all of those numbers are, are across at least two sports. I can't think of any that any number that covers three. That would be really impressive. I'd feel like that would make that number the best number. Uh, yeah, you know. yeah, that would put it over the top. But I think those are the yeah. Because I'm the only other one I could think of would be eighty-eight. That would be Keith Jackson and uh, Eric Lindros. Oh, that's not pe- that's not horrible. No. Keith Jackson's not as strong as some of the uh, the other. Like, no, I mean we've had some um, bottom some, peers of the other some numbers. tight ends that have passed him, but for a long time in the franchise, he was you know he was the best tight end that the the Eagles had had for for decades. You know, hmm. what's Ertz eighty six? Ertz is eighty six. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Ertz and Fred Barnett. Well, they're both Eagles, though. Well, okay. <laughs> Dave has soured on the concept and now is bitter about it. All right, so uh, next I, topic. Wait, no, no, no. I would go in this category. I'd say twenty is is the best number. It's double Hall of Fame. Double Hall yeah. of Fame. Yeah. But now, so I is mean, one. Well, well, no, so is one. Bernie Perrant and, and and Richie Ashburn is pretty so strong. Three. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I one is great too. I think. I was going to say just the difference in time between uh, Ashburn and Perrant. But, See, but the, here's the thing. Six is double championship. Double championship is pretty cool. So, I don't know. There you go. And and multi-double uh, MVPs? Actually, yeah. You, you've talked me into it. I, I would go six. Six is a pretty good one. It's six oh, or yeah, 20. Dark Horse. it's six or 20 uh yeah because brian dawkins didn't win a championship here he got a got to a super bowl though no it's six i'm i'm team six all right six potadelphia declares six the greatest philadelphia number for the moment Woo! that's what patrick (laughs) wears most little league team number six nice uh keeping the tradition alive hey uh question for you did you know mike scott ain't no bitch Mike Scott ain't no bitch. <laughs> so in, Joel Embiid finds himself in this situation again where he pisses uh, someone off so much that they just can't contain themselves anymore. <laughs> that they freak out like a middle school kid. And Drew Bledsoe throws a basketball. Wait, Drew Bledsoe? Uh, the... Better than he throws a football. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eric Bledsoe. Right, right, right. Yeah. So what? How did this happen? So Embiid gives him a little, uh, a little extra sauce. And that's kind of Embiid's mo is to to put a little bit, a, a lean a little longer. What is what was the old the old uh, big red jingle? Hold tight a little longer, longer with Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, I think that is correct, Gene. Watch a lot Kiss of commercials. a little it? longer. <laughs> Hold right? tight a little <laughs> longer. Yeah. <laughs> and now karaoke on Potadelphia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Real quick, underrated Wrigley's jingle. It, it's always going to be overshadowed by a double McGum. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the gold standard in jingle writing. Uh, but, no, I Juicy mean, Fruit is going to move you. Juicy Fruit's the best. 
That's Ooh, double mint, man. Double mint, yeah. I think, I mean, the double I mint twins. I don't even know the double mint one. Double your pleasure, double your fun with extras double mint gum. That's better than Juicy Fruit is gonna move you. The, the double mint twins were like, I mean, like, they're the, they're the Mount Rushmore of advertising. Like at the time, like, I get it. But I don't know. Juicy Fruit to me was the king of the jingle. Though. Well, yeah, I mean, that's best for clubbing. But, like,. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you take right. a little. <laughs> no, you're you're on a wave runner. You got your juicy fruit and your Bacardi uh, wine cooler. How the <laughs> hell did we get onto this, Gene? It was Gene's fault. <laughs> so, Joe and B gives a little extra, um, and uh, he gets a shove back. And then he tosses the ball at, at Bledsoe, and then Bledsoe just like beans it at his face. <laughs> It gets a double technical and an injection, and Joel it. did get a, a technical too, and for you know for his trouble. Now, it, this is amazing because if he can somehow do this in a one in a one game like isolated incident, um, in a seven game series, this is must see TV. Oh yeah, what what the the line that Joel's gonna walk is. He has to continue to figure out a way to not get himself thrown out of games, but get somebody on the other team thrown out, three team thrown out of a game. That that's been his like weapon. Like I'll give up a technical foul if it means the other guy's getting ejected. And he's managed to do it twice this year. Yeah, is he that is he the that kid in school that uh is the instigator but you know never gets never gets the, his comeuppance? The other kid always gets in trouble. I like it. I want that guy on my team. Right. That's usually like a hockey thing. It's a very hockey thing. Yeah. That's a Matthew Barnaby uh, situation if I ever saw one. Oh, God. Uh, he was like the master of that. He was like the you know, the guy from Kung Fu of that, you know. <laughs> He's the First David Carradine. I've never of that. seen a hockey player with braces <laughs> play hockey. Well, not in, in the NHL, like, no. And to have them little like Sabres logos on your braces. Am I making this up or is my memory correct? A, a little of both. Um, it was <laughs> the Mandela effect. We can rename it the Barnaby effect. <laughs> it wasn't braces, but it was like a like a, a caps tooth or a fake tooth that had the the Sabres B on it, but it was not braces. <laughs> it wasn't like he went to his orthodontist and it's like, what color uh, like uh rubber bands do you want on here well i play for the sabers so i'd like red and black <laughs> yeah no, that was not what was happening it was like it was like a little metal cap or something that he had a, a b on in my mind he wore braces I, I can't imagine that there's ever been anybody that's made it to the nhl that's worn braces like there's no parent of a kid who's that good at hockey that's like oh yeah i'm gonna spend money getting your teeth straightened like you're not gonna have any teeth so what's the point Okay. Whew, it's like herding cats today, I swear. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Today, the Sixers clinched the three seed uh, for the Eastern Conference because both the Pacers and the Celtics lost. Um, we're obviously going into the playoffs very differently than we did last year where we won 16 games and most of them were without Joel Embiid. Um, really, the opposite's happening here. Where when Joel is not in the lineup, they look totally dysfunctional uh and you know even when he is in the lineup lately we, we haven't been winning um and now that we've clinched with 
three games left, two of them against the Bulls, one of them against the Heat. Um, Hopefully we see, or hopefully, depending on how you look at it, uh, we're probably going to see a lot of players resting and, again, delaying that sort of cohesion that Brett Brown keeps preaching, like, oh, these guys haven't played together long enough. These guys haven't played together. Uh, So what do we think? What's the right way to get into the playoffs? Do you want your team rested? Do you want them with momentum? And what should Brett Brown do here? Well, I would say uh, uh, I would say rest them up. You know, yeah, you want cohesion. Yeah, you want. I don't think you're going to get any momentum going in there, but you get a little more time with them playing together. But I think just to have the best team going in the playoffs, get them the rest now before it matters. Yeah, I feel like the way this team is constructed, the the only way we're going to win is because uh, there's no bench. Like, we just don't have a bench uh, of any consequence. So the only way we're going to win is that the starters play 40 minutes. Um, so at this point, there's no way over the next three games you're going to build that momentum or that, that cohesion. So by default, because of the situation we're in, I feel like the only way we can get some kind of positive out of this is to try and not end up hurting ourselves and let Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid have slight nagging injuries. I believe that if we were in a position where we needed games over the last two, three weeks, they probably would have played through those injuries, you know, if it was like needed to to clinch um, uh, some poor. But the thing is, like, that's part of my, my feeling with why this team has looked the way it has. They haven't been playing really meaningful games to them uh, for like three weeks. So I feel like once they get into the playoffs and, and the stakes are high for them again, uh, I feel like last year they had not been in the playoffs, so they didn't quite understand the, the, the speed of the game. And, may, you know, maybe they were going in a little bit like just trying to, to really feel that in momentum. And they were a better, deeper team in, in terms of, of the bench. Um, I think you rest them because that's where you can get positive results forcing these guys with nagging injuries maybe to play through them with nothing that can really be gained or lost. You've clinched the three seed. You're going to have home home court. You can't catch the two. There's no point. You know, if they lose these games out, it doesn't change your position in terms of the, the tournament. Yeah, I, I, I like that approach. I would probably start them every game and give them seven minutes together or something like that. Um, just to keep like rhythm or I don't know anything if they're if they're able to go or if they feel great. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess at this point, like you said, like there's no you're not going to get momentum. At this point, you're not going to get cohesion any more than they already have. So you might as well roll with what you got at full strength and get into the playoffs. What yeah, I'd really like to do is see if they could just put them in for like the last seven minutes of the game, but you'd have to have the bench and whatever kind of thing you hodgepodge together, have you be competitive up to that point? Because what I really need to see is how this team closes. That's that's what they really need to mimic is is being able to close games. Because I feel like, you know, that, that Bucks game the other night, like that game I felt they had in hand and they let it go. Just stop turning the ball over, please. That's my one wish to keep it under 10 turnovers a game and they, they should be fine. I don't know. Is that too hard to ask? No. Is that, 
So am hopefully, I, am I going so crazy here? do we know who the Sixers are going to face in the first round now? Well, all right. I'm just looking at the standings. If the playoffs ended right this second, the season ends would, now, and and we would play the Brooklyn Nets. How do you feel about that matchup? I don't care. I'll play the Nets, the Magic, Pistons, Hornets, Heat. I don't care. All those teams suck. <laughs> I mean, the Nets are forty-one and forty. That's like a so a five hundred team is the is the sixth seed in your playoffs. Yeah, that's not great. I, you know, and we could have another conversation about NBA parity and the haves and have-nots and stuff. I mean, like right now we're a have, uh, which is nice, but. You know, come on. Like, that's a 500 team is a 60. Yeah, it's not great. So, the, I mean, the question will be, <clears throat> you know, will any of these top four teams get upset? I don't, uh, I don't see it happening. I, I, maybe, I really, maybe the I really Celtics. I don't see it happening either. Do you, so, want, do you want the Celtics to advance? Do you, are, you, are you fixing for revenge, or do you, would you rather them get knocked out and have to deal with them? Yeah, I just think you like we're not even going to play them. So you know, they'd have to beat the Bucks, and if they beat the Bucks, then more power to them. I think we'd have a I've, I don't know. I don't know if we'd have a better chance against the Celtics or the Bucks. Um but I you know, this second round playoff series against the Raptors to me is annoying because the the games against the Celtics and the games against the Bucks are way more fun. Right. Uh so but it's going to be the Raptors. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. So Sixers Raptors two weeks. Two and a half weeks, three weeks, whatever it's going to be. I don't know. I, I we haven't ple- seen the Raptors with this lineup, right? We played them so early in the in the season, it's it's hard to really judge what we're going to do against them. Yeah, and, and half the time when we play them, someone's out. Kawhi didn't play one game where we won. Um, and then I think <clears throat> I think um, Lowry didn't play the other, maybe? Right, I think that's right. So, yeah, it's – we'll see. I You know, that's – we'll, hey, so, hey, Sixers, we'll see. <laughs> but the first round, I look forward to them hanging that up on the uh, the Wells Fargo Center, yeah. right? Six, like the shrug emoji, like. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, but the you know the first round matchup will be fun, and no matter who we play, it'll be fun. Um, hopefully, you know we we wrap it up as early as possible, and hopefully the other teams you know go deeper than we do, and you know stretch it out longer, and you know we get maybe a little bit of an advantage. Uh, going into the second round, but we got to do, we got to make noise in the second round. We got to get, we got to win that series. I fully expect them to beat the Raptors if we play them. I, I like us against anybody in the East over seven games, very seriously. I just feel like we, we're going to have three of the best players on the, uh, three of the top five in ev- in every series. And if you've got three of the top five, you should win. Well, Gene, you ain't no bitch. That's right. I ain't no bitch. Sorry, I don't know if I gave any context to that. Mike Mike Scott, I guess, threw the ball at Bledsoe. Lots of ball throwing in that game. But he missed them. Right. And it was like a press conference where he lamented his poor aim, and they asked about his involvement, and he basically was like, yeah, I'm going to give up. I ain't no bitch. Right. I ain't no bitch either. I'm, Chuck, excited, to, I'm excited to see Mike Scott in the playoffs, actually. <laughs> Um, I, I guess not. 
Any uh, man with emoji <laughs> tattoos, I'm uh, I'm interested to see in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck, what's going on with Coach Q? He is going to Florida? Question mark. Um, it is not yet confirmed. Uh, throughout the entirety of the day, pretty much, he's been listed as close uh, in Florida. And they have a press conference tomorrow. Um, the Florida Panthers do, uh, where it's listed that it's going to be Day, uh, Dale Talon and somebody else from the organization. So he might be getting introduced then. He might not. I'm. I was pretty much thinking he's definitely going to Florida until no confirmation of his signing has gone out yet. And that makes me think that maybe somebody in the Quenville camp um, gets a little eager when talking to sources. You know, he was definitely signing with the Flyers back in, what was it, November or, or December. And so much so Dave Isaac and Steph Driver, like, reported it. Like, it is a done deal. And then they had to, to walk him back saying it wasn't. Did we not fire Hackstall early enough? Could we have locked him down? I don't think so. I I don't okay. think so. I think I think this was always the plan to take the regular season off, um, and then it just became. Yeah, but I meant like lock him down like for next season. Just like go play this season out with the understanding that does that ever happen? Maybe it never happens. And it doesn't really happen. But it could have. It it could have happened enough to go, hey, you're our guy. Take the rest of the season off and we'll we'll talk um, you know, on April seventh or whatever. But things have changed and he has a friend in Dale Talon in Florida. The you know, every the foregone conclusion that both uh Bob and Panarin are going to Florida that developed throughout the course of the season. And Florida becomes a much better team with solid goaltending, another offensive talent, and great coaching. All of a sudden, Florida is up there, you know, with the the top teams in uh, the Atlantic. Well, you know how Bobrovsky does with those, like, low-pressure markets. Yeah. (laughs) He was fine in Philly, too. Yeah, we can't we can't dismiss him there. Um, the playoffs yes. have never been his strong suit. Bob has never been great in the playoffs. So That's unfortunate for him, it is, and his teammates. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, but you know, it is fortunate. What's fortunate? That we're going to Chuck's penalty box. <laughs> uh, done like a pro. Uh, we'll start with Gene. Gene, who is in your penalty box this evening? Uh, so keeping up with, uh, the UK, um, sporting news lately, uh, there was a story that, uh, I read on the mirror that, uh, a Kuwaiti footballer was given a card in a football, uh, soccer match for sticking a finger in another player's bum. This was the, this. the dirtiest play of dirty plays as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just trying to understand the tactic. If you are, uh, if you've taken another player to the ground, 
there's a lot of things you can do when you've gotten a guy to the ground. Why were you sticking your finger in the, in the shocker? Like, why are you doing that? Like, what do you hope to accomplish? Like, is this going to help you get the gain possession? Like, do you just want him to remember you? Do you want his number after the game? What? What? I don't understand. Like, this. I guess what I'm putting him in, in the penalty box for is. He, there's no explanation of his tactic other than to be really, really annoying. Um, <laughs> he, That's one way to put it. He he was booked uh, for the match and uh, has become kind of famous. You can actually go on YouTube and and see footage of this incident. Uh, it's pretty blatant. Like there's no there's no way you can look at this footage and be like mm, maybe he's trying. To... No, he's trying to stick his hand in this guy's rear end. Like that's just just what he's up to. So. My my feeling is, I, I mean, I've heard stories about crazy things that happen under uh, dog piles when when there's a fumble, but I have never heard of 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 this sort of activity in American sport. So, you overseas sports, get your acts together and stop sticking your fingers in other people's butts. Brazil, Thank you, Jim. Huh? Wait, I thought you said Kuwaiti. Well, I mean, he's, that's overseas. There's, there's well, no, no, I thought ocean. Dave just said Brazilian. I think it may have been a Brazilian player. You oh, know, I'm there's... sorry. This is a, I'm looking at an older article. Evidently, this might be a... <laughs> This is a thing, apparently? This is a thing. This is a comic. comic I'm looking acting. at an article from November 29th, 2017. This is a soccer player ejected for sticking his fingers fingers with an S at the end of it up another player's butt. <laughs> the move is... It has a subtitle here. The move is known as an oil check, and soccer isn't the only sport where it happens. An oil check? That's what they're saying. The oil check. gave him an oil check. Wow. That's a lot of information. Yeah. Um, so for for checking an opposing player's oil, um, you're getting a red card. You're out of the game. You're getting a brown card because the joke is too obvious. Uh, Kuwaiti footballer, be better. All right, Dave, what's going on in your penalty box? All right. I had a, I had a last-minute audible for my penalty box. I'm going with the combo pack of Ron Darling and Lenny Dykstra are going into my penalty box. First of all, Ron Darling writing in a, a tell-all book about a, a team from 40 years, 35 years ago. Uh, it's just kind of in poor taste calling all these guys to the mat. You know, there's like a, a band of brothers there in the locker room, and now you're like spilling all these – uh secrets and uh, apparently like crappy ways you felt about them uh after all these years and then you know if it's true which you know why wouldn't it be Letty Dykstra is a racist uh using um you know slurs on the field it, you know he's a creep anyway although you know 93 Phillies whatever and now they're <laughs> <laughs> steroids uh and now they're having a, a battle in the uh in the in the media which looks like it's going to translate into a courtroom uh down the road just an ugly mess from uh you know a couple of uh a couple of mets so ron darling and lenny dykstra all right uh darling you're getting a double minor for uh bringing up the past and Lenny, I'm sorry you violated your probation. You're getting two to four. 
I like how with Lenny Dykstra, when he does bad things, we 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 give him back to the Mets. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like one of those. Well, weird... He's been a Mets player for a while. There, it's, it's like, like we're here for. Yeah. It's like we're you're... here for the crazy alien talk. When he's volunteering he's to read, when he's volunteering to read at the uh, senior citizens' home, he could be a Philly. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like that weird custody thing. Like, oh well, you're you know he's his mother's son. Is what it really comes down to. <laughs> Yeah, it's like when you tell your wife, like, oh, your son, you want to hear what your son did today? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Mets, you want to hear what what Lenny did today? <laughs> That's what Chuck, what's going on together. in your in your PB? Uh, so in my penalty box, I am going to put in Flyers fans on Twitter and Facebook. For the love of God, calm down, people. They're always in your penalty box. Are they? Yeah, Flyers Twitter usually gets you upset. Oh, damn it. I don't mean like you always put them in the penalty box. I just mean you're always upset with them. Yeah, that's true. I thought I held off on putting them in my penalty box. So if this is a repeat, I no, apologize. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. All right. All right. But um, no, this is uh, people are up in arms already over. Well, we lost Quenville. Management's not going to do anything. The Flyers management has fired the GM and the coach. We can't go through this offseason going, same old, same old, same old, same old. All the people in charge are gone outside of Holmgren, and Holmgren used to do crazy shit. So if your goal is for them to be aggressive, they have the right people there. So Flyers Twitter, apparently the bane of my existence. (laughs) You're going into the penalty box for two minute, two minute minor for hysteria on the first day of the off season. I think Chuck, I re- what's what's a realistic like a bullshit someone from Flyers organization past that they could make a coach that would piss everyone off. Oh, that's a good question. Um. Uh oh, was it Kevin Deneen? Um. Oh. Uh, who actually shouldn't piss people off. He uh, did a nice job of Florida and uh, coached the Canadians women's team in one past Olympics. But he would be a good candidate um, to piss people off. Um, trying to think of other people. Dan Bilesma would piss me off um, if Dan Bilesma gets the brought animal? in. Oh, no, that's Frank. No, yeah, no, that, that's Frank Bilesma. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Dan Bosman is the old Penguins coach. He doesn't have any real Flyers history, but that uh, one would that one would piss me off, Royal. Got it, got it, got it. All right, any uh, any last minute thoughts, guys? Hey, listen, I need you, not you guys. I need you listening out there to to give us a review on iTunes. I really want this to happen. Like, just take an extra second, scroll down. Give it a give it give it the five stars and write a quick review. Uh, it it would really help us out. I personally would really appreciate it. You could use um, that review space to put somebody in the penalty box. Yeah, why not? Well, that's a great idea, Gene. Yeah, why not? Maybe uh, maybe we'll read it on the show. You know, do that old podcast thing where we read it on the show. Um, but we you know we would really appreciate some some reviews on iTunes. So if you uh, if you have an extra couple seconds, go ahead and give us a review. Um, also, please follow us on social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, 
Instagram. Uh, we're active on on all three of those uh, platforms. And if you have any extra time in your day, your podcasting day, uh, please check out The Whip Around, our sister show, for all your weird, uh, weird news and comedy. Uh, check them out. Um, and that's it. That we'll be back again on on Monday. I will be uh, I will be in uh, South Carolina, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do the show anyway. I've decided that. Well, thanks. My sound I... quality may be sketch, so it, forgive me in advance. But I'll be doing it in a hotel room uh, in South Carolina for spring break. Uh, but I got to get in on this uh, Sixers playoff action. I think we're gonna have a game that weekend. So, I think so too. Uh, got to get in. So uh, until then. Have a great day at work, everybody. 